All wings report in. Housedog, standing by. Mother Goose, standing by. Low Tech Tuck, standing by. Lock S foils in attack position. Animal Squadron ready for battle. Welcome back, everybody, to the Animal Squadron podcast. You're here with your hairiest host, Mother Goose. And Low Tech Tuck. Back at it again. Back at it again, boys. Uh, and we're here to talk about The Mandalorian, Chapter 13, The Jedi. The long-awaited, at this point, first appearance of live-action Ahsoka. Right? I was so hyped for this episode. It still makes me so hyped. Dude, honestly, whenever I watched it, I forgot how good it is. Right? I was like, there are so many little nuggets in here. Yeah. It was a, like, especially after seeing Mandalorian Season 3 and the Ahsoka series, this episode was so important. Well, and also she, like, there's references to the Ahsoka series. Yeah, like the, the <laughs> droids. Yeah, like I just, I, and also like there's a loath cat in the background, the, and like yes, I noticed that in the alley, just running around. Yeah, no. So I this watch through now that we know that Morgan is a night sister, I um I specifically paid attention to see if there was anything that was hinting that she was. Well, yeah, she um, mentions it. Well, no, no, she doesn't mention it. Ahsoka, Ahsoka does. It. Yeah, yeah, she says um. During the Clone Wars, her people were massacred. So, I mean, could have been anyone, right? But at the same time, I feel like that was a really big hint that just went say, right over my head. Yeah, I mean, because, like, honestly, which big massacre? Well, there's, I guess there's two main ones in the Clone Wars. Right. And that's the Jedi and the Night Sisters. That's about right. it. Right, and it definitely wasn't the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Twi'leks had it pretty rough during the war, but Morgan's get, definitely, definitely they didn't get, not like, genocided though. Right, they, got they didn't more get like, genocided. Yeah, um, and Morgan's definitely not a Twi'lek. Yeah, right. And so, like you know, I, I kind of watching it again. I'm like, man, I should have, I should have thought about that. <laughs> Same, yeah. like. So a couple other points that I had was she knew about the Jedi and the Mandalorian, which isn't anything major, but. Um, we've got to remember that people of this universe aren't Star Wars fans like we are, so they don't know every little detail like we do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. She had a Beskar steel, which, again, could have been anybody. Ahsoka specifically said not to underestimate Morgan, uh, and then she was successfully able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Ahsoka. Just all these, like, not, not all of these are specifically Night Sister things but when you put it all together it's pretty obvious that morgan was a much larger character than what i initially thought she was gonna be yeah yeah it's like it's like they were trying to tell us yeah yeah <laughs> but we just didn't listen <laughs> we didn't see it i literally was so mad when i first watched this episode i was like who's this random woman and how is she fighting ahsoka like kind of good yeah no i just thought they were just going for like a you know, just a classic like samurai movie type thing. Like, you know, right, it's just like yeah. she's just she's just somehow trained. Yeah. She's just a good fighter or what whatever, you know. Yeah. But I honestly though, watching it 
this time though, I, I really kind of felt stupid. I was like, wow. <laughs> Me too. Like, I can't believe I Me missed too. that. I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, okay, but getting into the actual episode, um, starting off with Ahsoka was just, it was the right move. Like, teasing her in um, the previous episode, I went in, like, when I first watched it, thinking, okay, we'll see Ahsoka at the very end of the episode. Like, the whole episode will just kind of be, like, finding her. And then, like, first scene, there she is, kicking butt. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, and also I just love the, um... Like, it reminded me a lot of the original Predator movie. Yeah. From the 80s, where it's just, you know, it's... You can't see her, but she can see them. And, she and like, and also just the... Um, all of the shots, whenever she kills someone, are mostly from, like... uh almost her perspective like it's still it's still third person but like it's it's just almost from her perspective right and i just thought that was just really cool i mean because also i love i love the predator movie so yeah (laughs) i was just like yeah this is awesome it's like predator (laughs) yeah and yeah something else i really liked is again i on i definitely believe that disney needs to bring back dismemberment Mm-hmm. But they did it really classy in this one where, like, yeah, people were clearly getting cut in half, but they, like, hit it behind trees. Or one guy gets cut in half, but it's from the shot from behind of the bell as he and the bell gets cut in half. Um, so it's not it's not necessarily how I would like them to do it, but it's better than lightsaber equal baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get your point. I. For me, actually, I kind of like it when they do it more artistically yeah. like that. Um, the only reason I say that is because I do think that Star Wars should keep to its roots somewhat, especially with these main projects, in that their main audience is for kids, is children and yeah. and and families. Like it's it's that's their main audience, and so I think they they need to be careful about how they the do it. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I kind of like the artistic thing as a uh, as a compromise. Yeah. Now, yeah, on the other sure. hand, I do think with like maybe some side projects, like you could go more adult with Star Wars. Like we've talked about before, like a, a really gritty live action Clone Wars. Yeah. Like almost like Band of Brothers style or something like that would be freaking sweet. Yeah, like but, that one, like yeah. that one scene in Solo, the like they're in the trenches and they're fighting some random planet. Yes, or, yeah, they're fighting on some random planet. Make that a whole movie. Yes, that would be awesome. Um, but I, I do think with the main Star Wars projects, they do. If you're gonna do the dismemberment thing, I, I like the artistic thing because I, I do really solidly believe that Star Wars is at its base for families. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I agree that we need they need to be careful. My only thing would be Star Wars episode 4 when the guy gets his arm cut off and there's some blood coming out. Yeah, no, I mean that that is a good that's a good <laughs> argument. That is a good argument. Um but I do think that's also different than watching someone get cut in half. Yes, no, totally, 100% like I, agree. Like I think someone losing an arm and, like, some definitely fake 70s blood coming out <laughs> is a lot more kid-friendly than someone getting cut in half. Yes, yeah. yes, and 
Obi-Wan hadn't used his lightsaber in a while, so, you know, it still hadn't warmed up completely. <laughs> or also, uh, I mean, I guess another good point is Darth Maul. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he gets cut in half on screen. <laughs> so, hey, maybe, you know, maybe, you know what? Maybe. And then also, like, you know, Jango Fett, his head gets chopped off. Like, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe Star Wars does just need to just go for it. I think. I think what works with Star Wars is that the lightsabers are hot enough to carterize, except for that one time. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's not really any blood. I think that really helps. Um, yeah, but and there's I, not, like, guts or anything crazy. Yeah. yeah. But I'm all for the, arts, the artsy kind of hide-it-behind things. If that's what Disney needs to do, go for it. I still, like... I know this is an art discussion about Kenobi, um, but, like, when... Obi-Wan's hitting those uh, stormtroopers and it's just kind of bouncing off them. Mm -hmm. I just, it makes me sad a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. They do need to, they need to decide with lightsabers. Are they yeah. sharp or are they not? Like that's, right. that's kind of what we need to, like the physics of the lightsaber just needs to be static. Like we just need to yeah, know that and do it the same every time. That being said, I love Kenobi. Fantastic series. One of my Give favorites. Give us season two. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we, we will actually do a real conversation on that one day. Yes. Anyway, I'm so sorry. I, I got us on a really big tangent. Um, I have a question for you. Okay. So Ahsoka kills all these guys, and she walks up, and she's talking to Morgan, and they're having this interaction, and I, the whole time I was sitting there thinking, Morgan's super rich and has all these resources why is she on this like nowhere planet like in a swamp i'm not saying yeah. she has to be like somewhere like a city or anything but like she could have gone to like any beach in the galaxy that doesn't have a new republic eye yeah or like a super pretty forest or but she just shows a swamp <laughs> Well, I don't think she did choose it, though. The only reason I say that is because they're they're very obviously taking control of it. Right, right. Because there's there's people in prisons. There's and so like the only reason to do that is if she's trying to take control of it. And, That's fair. And so I kind of think that not that she was made to go there by the Empire, but she was, let's say, contracted to do that That's because fair. they because yeah. they saw how efficient her shipyard was and maybe they thought that she could help quote unquote bring order to this small planet yeah for sure follow-up question then was there anything in this episode that might have hinted towards why she was on this planet like what did the empire need from these people I don't think there's anything covered in the episode, at least from what I can remember. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't remember anything either. It is also interesting that she got the best car spear. Yeah. Um, I almost wonder if it was a town like with a some sort of leader or magistrate or something, and she killed them and took their spear. Maybe that's oh, where she maybe. got the spear. But the uh, the fact that she has a whole like small army of mercenaries, including two her robots from the docks. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. The docks in Mandalorian. No, I mean the docks in Ahsoka. Right, right. Yeah, so I, I think to me it was more implied that she was there 
to, you know, bring order to that area for some reason. Yeah. Uh, with the swamp, I mean, I think of the real world, and swamps usually have coal and fuel, mm. so maybe maybe it was a fuel thing, or yeah. maybe they had tried to lead some sort of revolution and this was their punishment. Yeah. For rising up against the Empire, and then Morgan just was chilling there, or maybe Morgan was outed, um, ousted of... Like out of her shipyard for a time, like maybe at some point someone else came in, right? And so right. she fled to this planet and happened upon this village that had everything she needed, and so she was taking control for that reason. Just um, uh, this is kind of where I ended up, kind of a thing. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, yeah. But I, my my current theory is that uh, she was contracted by the Empire just because they saw how brutally efficient she is. Yeah, I could to- I could totally see that. Um, the Beskar spear theory that reminds me a lot of the uh, Lop and Ocho um, visions episode where the Jedi, this family that was like leading the town, they weren't Jedi themselves, but they were gifted a lightsaber for some reason. I can't remember, um, yeah. you know, and it had been passed down. And I could see something similar uh, with this Beskar spear. That it was gifted to her at some point. The spear, or or on your theory, where like the original leader of the town was gifted it, and then she came mm. and stole it. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe she, spe- maybe it was like if she came specifically for the Beskar st- uh, spear. I mean, it kind of makes sense if she knew that eventually she was going to have a run in with the Jedi, trying to bring Thrawn back, getting a weapon that could fight a lightsaber. Smart plan. Or also maybe it has some sort of uh, ritual that can be performed with it. Oh, yeah. Like some sort of magic. Yeah, thing. I don't think we've ever really seen the Night Sisters and what they could do with Beskar. It, they could have some weird magic up their sleeves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they already do magic with everything else. I mean, I, I could see it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, my recording says 21 minutes, and <laughs> we are still in the intro. <laughs> hey, that's okay, man. That's just the way it is sometimes. Like, totally like my we fault. Talked about, like we talked about, this episode is just, it's massive. I mean, we because also I guarantee we're going to miss stuff, too. Like it's, oh, it's 100%. Such a, it's such just a massively important episode when you go back and watch it after watching Ahsoka. It yeah, just, it just is. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so next we have uh, them coming down in the ship, looking for the planet. Uh, he's got Ahsoka's. I think she just told him. Uh, she is in Bo-Katan. Just told Din wh- what planet Ahsoka was on, right? Or did he? Did yep. she give her coordinates? Uh-uh, no, he said. Uh, she said um, a small city on the planet Corvus, which is yes. where he goes. Sick. Yep. Oh, that's what he said, Corvus. I could have swore when I was watching it that he said coordinates. No, no, Corvus is the planet. Hell yeah, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it's C-O-R-V-U-S, I believe. All right, I'm back I'm back on the Grogu train. He's a cute little guy. Took me a few episodes, but... <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd get back. I yeah, knew you me would. too. He's a, yeah. he's a sweet thing, especially like in this part where... Um, he doesn't have his pod anymore because of the uh, he got thrown into that beast's 
Ma in the last episode. Um, so now he's just like sitting in the chair like a like a real person, and it's so cute. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and and we're we're back messing with the the ball thing in the cockpit. Yep. He can't let that thing go. I love it. He just loves it so much. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't. I don't think I really have anything till they land. No. No. Me neither. Yeah. I mean, he lands. He goes and talks to the people. It's a pretty short sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the main important thing that I got from this part of the episode was that they actually originally hire him to kill Ahsoka. Right. Yeah. It it had been bothering me because I couldn't remember why they fought um, prior to my rewatch, and it was all it was just something that I thought about a lot. Like, why did they fight? That makes no sense. But now there's a perfectly logical reason. Yeah, and it's in exchange for the spear. Yeah, which is right that's up the, Din's alley. Yeah, that's that's the bounty, which is interesting. I'm trying to think when what season is um. It's this season where we see Boba Fett's armor, armor, right? Or was that the first season? Yes. No, it is this season, and it's worn by the, uh, not the warden. Cobb Vanth, is that uh, it? Yes, that's yes, right. Okay. Thank you. It was really yeah. bothering me that I couldn't remember his name. I was like, he's the martial guy of Mos Pelgo. What is his name? But thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I just we see how important. Oh yeah, and it's the this is also this uh, season where people try to kill him for his armor. And then last season, uh, obviously, he's offered Beskar in in exchange for the child. I really like what this series is doing about just showing how important Beskar is to the Mandalorian people. Well, and it seems like it's that important to everyone. I mean, it seems like it is such a rare. Metal, it's it's literally the same thing as gold. Yeah. From yeah. the way that they talk about it. Yeah. Because um, I, I think you could pay anyone in Beskar with how bad someone wants it. Right. And I have a feeling, too, that it's probably not just used by the Mandalorians. Like, I would, I would guess, like in the real world, with gold and how powerful of a conductor it is. And, like, you know, for instance, like, there's gold in your cell phone. Right. Right. And stuff like that. Like, I wonder if Beskar has a similar quality to it. Like, maybe it's used for something else other than being armor. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Also, are are there Star Wars currencies that are backed by Beskar? I just gotta know. We're gonna I get into know. some serious conspiracy theories here. <laughs> like, I could definitely see the Mandalorians using it as a form of currency at some point in their history. Yeah. Well, because I was just thinking, like, in the real world, you know, like, there's some currencies that governments will back their currency with gold. With gold, right, right. You know, like, yeah, that's I originally, could... like, what a dollar was. I think saying it can only be found on Mandalore, I don't I don't know if there's enough of it to back a currency. But also, we don't have that much gold in, in the world. That is true, that is true. Like, I mean, did you know we only have, like... It's it's not a lot. It's like we only have like 280,000 tons of gold, which sounds sounds a lot. Like sounds like a lot. But then like you you got to think about like we've got close to 8 billion people on this planet. 
Right, right. And you got like, you know, 200 something different countries. Right. And yeah. so, like, and, and also, like, we're all using it for electricity kind of stuff. Like, so there's actually not that much gold when you really think, think about, about it. it. Yeah, no, that's a yeah. really good point. So, I wonder if it's kind of the same thing. I, I have no idea. The whole galaxy. The Star Wouldn't Wars Illuminati wild? uses yeah. Beskar. Wouldn't that be wild? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he goes into the town. A couple things I wanted to point out was just how scared of him everyone was and how people were refusing to talk to him. Oh, in the town. Yeah. 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 Do you think that's because they were afraid of him because he's a Mandalorian? Or do you think it's because they're afraid of what Morgan's going to do to them? If I, they're I think, talking to a stranger. I think it's the latter. Yeah. Just I think because, so too. I mean, she, we see that she has three of them in these like electric torture pods or stands she already told Ahsoka earlier in the episode that she would kill a certain number of them. I can't remember off the top of my head, but a lot of them, if Ahsoka tried anything. Yeah. So, yeah, she's definitely uh she's definitely a bad guy. Absolutely. And also, I think isn't this the part where we see the loath cat? I can't remember. It might be Din here. is walking through town and then like the loath cat, like you see it for a second, it goes Rawr! and then it runs away. Maybe, yeah. Um, it might be, we might even get to see two or three Loth cats. Cause I, um, I've got a note. The one I saw is during the final fight. Maybe that's it. I, I don't remember to be honest with you. Either way, we love Loth cats on this channel and Disney, you have the money to make them real. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Use some Beskar from your vault. <laughs> <laughs> we know you've got it. And, and buy us love cats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. I wrote very minimal notes. Yeah, well, because really, I mean, outside of the massive, uh, you know, theory, not theory, but like reference things in this episode that we've mostly already talked about. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Really? So, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of notes either. Right. Yeah. I really like that Din tells the hired gun that um, Grogu, he keeps Grogu around for luck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really smart. Just not, you know, you can't just walk around and be like, oh, yeah, this is my son and I love him. And if somebody were to get him, I'd be emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have me wrapped around my finger if you took this little guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's just a trinket. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, smart. I mean, and clearly he's probably had to deal with people like that before. Probably has right. done nearly this exact same thing a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So as it progresses, he's walking through the forest, and he finds he finds these creatures, and he's looking at it through his, his little binoculars. He's like, oh. Never mind, just a little creature, we're safe. And then Ahsoka comes out swinging, no hesitation. Yeah, but then also, like, he puts up a pretty decent fight. He does, yeah. Which, I mean, I definitely think Ahsoka had the upper hand, but this... I also don't think she was trying to kill him. Right. Yeah. But this, what, like, five, ten second fight really Mm -hmm. showed off the fact that Mandalorians specifically designed their kit to kill Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Um, 
I mean, on the other hand, though, I mean, we're talking about someone with like master levels of power. So like, I think right. I I don't think Din would actually stand a chance, but oh again, yeah, no. I, I I kind of think that it was more about she was just doing that sort of to see like who he is and why he's there. And I, so she like attacked him more as like a probe, right? Than she I, did like I'm gonna kill you. I think we've talked about it. Like the best Mandalorian could probably kill a mid to lower tier Jedi. Yeah, like it was only through their numbers right is how they were able to kill so many during right, the mandalorian jedi war i think we're talking like i mean at the time of the um republic that we see in the prequel trilogy there's ten thousand active jedi so i don't know how that compares to the old republic jedi mandalorian war but i w- i think it's probably safe to say that the number was similar and we could even for simplicity call it the same Call yeah. it 10,000. I mean, I, mean I, I think that's probably fair. Even if you double it and say there were 20,000, there there was millions of Mandalorians. Like, they had a whole planet of just their people. Yeah, and they all wanted to kill Jedi. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like, that's, that's why they were... Because, I mean, you're exactly right. Like, whether it's Din... Like, let's even be theoretical. So, Din... Pre Vizsla, Jango Fett, Boba Fett, and Mandalore the Great. Right? If you were to combine everything about them into one Mandalorian, even that Mandalorian, I don't think could even take well, and actually this guy's ridiculous powerful, but I I don't think like even that theoretical guy could kill Yoda. Yeah. I don't even think that guy could kill like Plo Koon or Mace Windu either. Right, right. Um, like, he would need help. He would need a lot of help. Yeah. And yeah. then back to Din and Ahsoka. Din is the only experience he's ever had with the Jedi are the few abilities that Grogu has shown him. Uh, mm-hmm. Ahsoka has a Mandalorian kill count. <laughs> yeah, and, and a decently high one. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, we only see like a little bit of that siege, right? In Clone right. Wars, when actually, I mean, she was there for a while, right? You know, so yeah, so you know, he did his best. We still love him. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, one of my favorite parts is whenever he uh, lassos her and he thinks that he got her. <laughs> yeah, and then she just like backflips over the tree and just like pulleys him right. <laughs> up and over. He, uh, he just he didn't know i, I you mm. know i think going forward if he we see him fight any more force sensitive beings he he'll definitely do better because he now has the experience but it was still a great fight and um i really like how it ends where he's like uh so katano bokatan sent me and it just like ahsoka just stops for a second and she's like i hope it's about him <laughs> well and also what i like too is i wonder I wonder also if like one of the reasons that she's probing him, like who is this guy? What is, why is he here? Is I wonder if she like sensed Grogu immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how she was able to find them. And then maybe she assumed that Din kidnapped him or something. Oh yeah. That is true. It was like, you know, like who is this guy with this little force sensitive and like, why is he here? What is he? Right. Yeah. 
Right, which I think leads to my next question, and we may have talked about this a little on the podcast. I can't remember. Do you think Ahsoka knew Grogu from the temple? I think it's been enough time where she probably had assumed that... I mean, like, even if she did know him, uh, she definitely assumed he was dead. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I think, like, in her mind, this was very likely another person. But the only reason... I would say no, is that like, this is the episode where we hear Grogu's name for the first time. And it's because Ahsoka discovers it. See, that she didn't already know that information. That's what I thought. That's what I thought initially as well. But she doesn't specify that he told her. Pretty sure she pretty sure she does. Um, she says Din's like, you know, like, how are y'all communicating? Basically. And she says, in a sense, oh, what does she say? It literally is just in my brain. Uh, something along the lines of, we can feel, we can sense each other's feelings. Or oh. maybe thoughts. It was just vague enough where it was like, okay, maybe Grogu could have told her, or maybe not. Yeah, I will say, even, even if she did know him at the temple, it would also make sense that... He was young enough that he couldn't have told her his name right. whenever he was like in the in the temple. And so right. if she did know him. He was probably nameless for a yep. long time. Or um, his dad, Yoda, was like, hey, yo, this is my kid, Grogu. Cutest <laughs> little guy in the temple. Let's go. <laughs> it's my boy. <laughs> oh, sorry. Cutest guy it is. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be uh, <laughs> yeah, Yoda and Yoda and Yaddle's baby. <laughs> yeah, and initially I was I was upset because uh, this happens a little later, but kind of on the whole Grogu, uh, Yoda species thing, um, Ahsoka says I've only known one other creature like him, and I was like, where's the disrespect for Yaddle? And then I remembered timeline wise that Ahsoka was only like four when Yaddle died, so yeah. Yeah, she may have not even been at the temple yet. Right, and if she ever did meet Yaddle, there's no way four-year-old Ahsoka remembers that. Yeah, oh yeah. I literally, like, last night I was watching it, like, midnight because I was like, I don't, I'm not going to have time to watch the episode tomorrow before we record. I've, I've got to watch it now. So I was a little, I was a little out of it. <laughs> so I was really, I was really upset for Yaddle, and I did not remember until we started recording that I was like, oh yeah, no, Yaddle died. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, we got to hear her talk for like, what, 20 on screen minutes and then yeah. she died. <laughs> I'm still, I'm sorry, this is not what this episode's about, but I'm still so mad that Yaddle talks normally. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm still deciding that it's some sort of grand prank on Yoda's I did, part. Yeah, I He's love been doing theory. it for hundreds of years. <laughs> it's just the long con, dude. Every century, he just, like, changes his accent or the way he speaks. Yeah, he waits till, like, almost all the Jedi that knew him die. And then yeah. he just changes something. <laughs> uh. Yep. A lot happens here. We also get a scene where she tries to train Grogu and he won't take the rock. Uh, but then he takes the little ball thing from the ship from Din. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think 
two, it showed it did a pretty good job of showing Grogu's trust issues. Right, right. Uh, just because of what happened to him and whatnot, and that's why, like, with Ahsoka, whenever she tries to train him, he's just not giving her anything. Yeah, I think his survival mechanism is. I'm just a dumb baby. Like, don't, you know, I'm clearly not a Jedi. Dumb baby boy. Dumb little <laughs> baby boy. <laughs> yeah, dumb little baby. <laughs> you know, it'd be hilarious if, like, at the end of the Mandalorian movie, he was like, oh, yeah, actually, I was been able to talk this whole time. I just, I didn't know if I could trust you. <laughs> That or also it's a long con, just like it's Yoda. Long, just like his dad. <laughs> it's just 50 years of just nothing. <laughs> like, <sighs> and like, I could just imagine like before Din found him, he was like talking to his captors normally like, hey, yo, can I get, can I get a sandwich in here? I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, there's a guy on uh, TikTok who does like, quote unquote, impressions but then he always just does like a really thick new york italian accent <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i would love if, if, the, if that's how grogu sounded it's like hey i'm hey. grogu <laughs> I'm little guy i'm just a little fella <laughs> yeah uh, that'd be that'd be very funny and you know it would make a lot of sense for the whole continuity of like yoda became grandmaster at 100 and Grogu's 50 and still kind of acting like a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. But also, I mean, I, we just don't know how they age. I mean, I, right. I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure as you or Mac had like a almost like butterfly uh, theory where he, not that he'd go in a cocoon, but like he'd just like rapidly age mentally at some point. Yeah, he would just like, you know, maybe the first 60 or 70 years is like the same thing in, in human years is like going from like one to 10. Yeah. And then those last 30 or 40 years are like the difference between 10 and 35. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have anything else here? I feel like there's more important things that happen. Oh, Ahsoka says she won't train Grogu. This happened. Happens here initially. Yeah. And it's because she senses his fear and his anger. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I asked if you had a, any other thoughts, and then just immediately was like, "Oh yeah, here's another thing." No, you're good. I really didn't have anything to say. Anything I'm glad else? you said something. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Um, yeah, and especially again, just after watching Ahsoka, I feel like this scene has a lot more depth. Of course, there's the whole Anakin thing, but we learn that she was even too afraid to train Sabine. Yeah, yeah, and also she. Uh, oh, 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 that is something I wanted to say as far as why she won't train Go Grogu in this scene. Because she says, um, I've seen what fear and anger like that can do to someone. Yeah. Um, like, can, can do to someone with training or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's very clearly talking about Anakin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I thought that was just another... Just golden nugget in this. Right. And I think in it's this episode. the line after, or it may even be towards the end of the episode, but I think it's here. She says, right after that, she says, it would be better to let his abilities fade, which I think is a really interesting Jedi or Force user lore tidbit that they dropped, that if you don't develop these skills, they will fade over time. 
Yeah. Also, I wonder. I wonder if it's less that they fade. And more of I wonder if they fade like mentally, like if you if uh, like, you know, since Grogu is a baby. Yeah. And he's not taught. Maybe basically he'll forget and then also yeah. he'll cut himself off from the force unknowingly right. because he forgot. Right. I think it's a good answer to the question that I think a lot of Star Wars had have had, myself included, is like, there's no way the Jedi were able to find all of the Force-sensitive children. Like, why isn't there just some, like, random maniac out maniac out there using the Force abilities for his own personal gain? Not necessarily a Sith, but, you know, just you, you're way more powerful than anyone else around you. Um, yeah. And I think this this answers that question is if you don't develop it, it kind of just goes away. Yeah, I will actually just connect some dots here with what I said with the I wonder if they'll if it's more of like a they don't lose the power physically. They just kind of forget that they have how they can do it. Yeah, for sure. And then they cut themselves off from the force unknowingly. I wonder, too, if that's why it's so important to the Jedi or one of the reasons that it's so important to the Jedi to get them when they're little oh yeah yeah because they aren't uh they aren't old enough to have faded right as well as you know making sure they don't have attachments and stuff but but i i wonder if that's part of it if it's just that's when that's when they are most powerful and able to be trained it would make the jedi or evil camps arguments a little uh less effective yeah. Also, too. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a Jedi stand, dude. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just adding that to my file of things yeah. that make me feel good about the Jedi. <laughs> no, do it, do it. Um, and I, I like giving the, I like giving the Jedi a hard time, but I love the Jedi too. Mm-hmm. They're so cool, right? Uh, yeah. And then Ahsoka, so Ahsoka and Din make a deal. I will train the baby if you help me, you know, free this town. And then they go kick a lot of butt, just a lot of butt. Yeah. And again, I it's another Star Wars episode that just does a really good job at being like using things that inspired the original idea for Star Wars. Yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, chiefly Westerns and samurai movies. Yeah. This does a great job at doing elements of both. Right, like Ahsoka walking in by herself and throwing Din's pauldron down on the ground was such such a great scene. And I think it goes directly into what you're saying of just like that Western kind of samurai inspiration. Yeah, well, and that's like, that's what I would say is like a good like samurai part of the episode. But yeah. then like a good Western part of the episode is when Din is fighting in town. And he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's unholstering his gun. He's shooting that guy who's on the roof and he's, you know, turn around and just like gunfight. And then like at the end of the episode, when him and the mercenary are talking and then the mercenary puts his gun down and he tries to like secretly reach for his other gun and mm-hmm. then Din just shoots him. Like that's such a Western thing. Like I just, I loved that. Even like such a, a minor detail here, but like Din pulls his hand away just a little bit to give the guy hope that he has a chance and still That's gets so Western. Him. Yeah. It's so Western. I just, I love it. Like, it, I mean, you could, you could almost put Clint Eastwood in that same part 
shot yeah. for shot. Mm-hmm. Like you, you almost could. Yeah. A great scene. And I love that they're like him and the um, mercenaries conversation as they're talking and the mercenaries like your side could win. My side could win. And he's like kind of um, stepping closer and, you know, uh, Morgan loses and he slowly he's like, uh, guess your side won. And, you know, before he starts putting his blaster down and it's just shot so good. Mm -hmm. And that's also too the bad guy negotiating and then trying to turn on the good guy. Good guy. That's mm -hmm. so Western. <laughs> and I realized but also with uh, with Ahsoka and Morgan's fight like that. The whole thing is very just samurai like where it's like, you know, I challenge you because you dishonored me and I, like, and you're hurting these people and I can't let you do that. And like, you know, all that stuff. It's it's awesome. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, and, and uh, the mercenary, his blaster, I think it's a shotgun. He only fires it once, and it almost looked like it had lasers going out in multiple directions. I, honestly, I didn't pay close enough attention to see that. Yeah, and I, I, could be, I could be wrong, but it was a super unique blaster that I don't think I've seen before. Um, which, if it is more if inspired more by shotguns, it would make sense why he was slowly trying to get closer to Din. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was just a really thick laser. <laughs> With like four C's on that. Exactly. Bad. This guy yeah. gets it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I really I really love uh Morgan and Ahsoka's fight as well. Um dude, when he not or when Morgan knocked um Ahsoka's like main lightsaber out of her hand, I started sweating a little bit. I was like, are they just gonna bring live action Ahsoka to us and then kill her off? Yeah, and also I just I thought that was wild because I I don't think we ever see someone disarm Ahsoka. Right. Yeah. Even when she's like a little girl, even when she's a Padawan, I don't think anyone ever disarms her. Yeah. Yeah. Other than I mean, I think Anakin does in the Ahsoka show. Right. Right. In one of the dreams, but that's still later. We got time. Yeah, that's uh, that's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Like okay, you brought also you brought up the um, the droids. Uh, it was so cool, like because I didn't, I did not put two and two together when I was watching the Ahsoka series that these are the exact same droids. Yeah, they they walk the same. They've got the same, like kind of squarish build to them. Yeah, yeah. I think the only difference is that these kind of they have some sort of clothing on. Yeah, um, when I know in the Ahsoka series there, it's mentioned that those robots were, not that they were made illegal, I forget what they say, that they're like not, not allowed to be combat droids anymore. Right, right. And then that's, and that's how she gets caught in the Ahsoka show. Or that's how her ship, shipyard gets caught. Right. It's because that one is a combat droid. And so I wonder too, if this is part of the reason for that yeah yeah i wonder if this is one of the last times that they were allowed to be security droids <laughs> and then the new republic finds out about it's like no uh-uh no we're not not doing that again yeah not these boyos <laughs> and then we get we during the fight also we get the first uh live action mention of grand admiral thrawn yeah yeah that's true Prior to this, just for our listeners, he did appear in a couple seasons of uh, Rebels. 
but I think that's the only other time we've seen him, aside from the novels in Star Wars canon. Um, so it was, I was hyped when I heard this line. Yeah, no, I, I remember, uh, cause this, I think in context, in, in context of the time, wasn't this kind of when we were really wondering who the big bad was going to be? Yeah, I think so. And that kind of just opened, you know, just like, oh yeah, here he is. Hope you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. And also the hope of like maybe we get live action Ezra too. Yeah, yeah, that was that was wild, man. Um it's so it's so cool being on this side of it where like Thrawn is back now, Ezra's back. We had the Ahsoka series. We've been to another galaxy. Like Star Wars has just come so far since when season 2 came out. Yeah, it really has and I'm pretty impressed with how easily they have been able to make everything make sense. Yeah. You know, because they've, they've very clearly been systematically planning everything Mm -hmm. this whole time. I just, I love that. That's just good. That's just good quality entertainment. I am, I am proud of what Disney has done in the past couple of years. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Same. (laughs) Like I, I was very disappointed there for a while, but they have won me back. Same, same. And, um, you know, same thing with Disney, but Kathleen Kennedy too. You know, we, we've mentioned it on the podcast, but some of the worst Star Wars has come from her and also some of the best. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, some of my favorite, some of my favorite Star Wars of all time, like even as a lifelong fan, and and not even just a lifelong fan, but a lifelong fan who wasn't just a movie fan. Right, yeah. But Kathleen Kennedy has, you know, under her administration, has created some of my favorite Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. In the past 26 years I've been alive. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and I, I feel, I do, I feel kind of bad for how much hate she got. Yeah. Well, I mean, there for a while she deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was pretty, I mean, I was one of the people too. I was, I was very, very disappointed. Yeah. Oh, very same. disappointed. Yeah. I like, asides from us recording on the sequel trilogy, because we had to, or not that we had to, but that was like part of the schedule and everything. I have never rewatched the sequels. And I don't think I will. Either, yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. Cause I still, I, I still have not forgiven them yet. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe I will one day, you know, maybe when I have children and I feel like they should watch it just cause it's star Wars, you know, maybe I'll forgive the trill, the sequels then. Right. Once but you can I'm watch not it there. all I'm not there yet. order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not same. there yet. Yeah. There's not really a lot else. They beat they beat the guys. Uh the only other note that I have is after they've saved the day, they've freed the town, um, Ahsoka follows Din to his ship, which I'm sure pissed Din off because he's like, Hey, I'll bring the kid back. Um, but she tells him, I can't train the kid. Uh but if you go to Tython, is it Tython? I believe it's Tython. And set him on the yeah. stone. 
Yeah. Uh, set him on the stone. Maybe another Jedi will come find him, uh, which was really cool because, like, in old EU lore, uh, Tython was the original Jedi planet, I believe, or one of their original planets. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, just another thing where I was like, wait, that's so cool. They're doing it? They're saying the thing? Yeah, and also, isn't that... Uh... I mean, of course, I guess it's not canon, like it was never confirmed, but wasn't there a theory, too, for a long time that that's also something that happened to Ahsoka as a little child, that she reached out, and then that's how Plo Koon found her? Yeah, I, I think I think that's correct. Um, and this again, was before I'm... Tales of the Jedi came out, so like I said, it's not canon, but right. it well, is interesting. Yeah. Tales of the Jedi, like, I think that story with Plo Koon could still be canon because it ends with her village finding out that she's a Jedi. And then one of the slavers come and says, Oh, I'm a Jedi. I'll take the kid. Um, and then Ahsoka reaches out and Plo Koon comes and gets her. So I think, I don't think chronologically it hadn't happened yet. Okay. Right. Right. Um, cause she was only a year old at this point. Cause I think like the whole tiger thing was supposed to be like her birthday, learning about life and death and, yeah. Well, and also, I I didn't think about this, but I don't think the Je- the Jedi don't take babies. Right. They wait until they're like on on screen. They appear to be like maybe four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Which maybe that's for the family's sake. You know, you don't want to just be like, oh, hey, I know you just had the kid, but yoink. Yeah. Well, and maybe again with the fading thing, they just they wait until the last possible amount of time to take them like yeah. out of out of respect and like right. trying to do the right thing yeah yeah the jedi are good jedi are great <laughs> oh ahsoka also gives din the beskar spear which yep. i love his response there where he's like but i didn't learn this and she's like oh, it belongs in the hand of a mandalorian which i thought was great but yeah i think i think that's everything i have do you have anything else no, oh, I, and I guess one quick thing. I mean, I, I promise this is the last oh, note no. on this I have. We can I, go I, on I, another fifty-minute tangent if you need. No, 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 this is this is the last note I have on this because I know I've been kind of harping on this all episode just because it's really cool to me. Yeah, no, like how, dude, like, do it. How in this episode, like it's like with the samurai movie and the western movie thing, like happening e- even in the same fight. Um, one thing I noticed too is during Ahsoka and. Um, Morgan's fight you're like what what country does that garden look like yeah yeah you know like it kind of looks a little bit like a Japanese garden mm-hmm. <laughs> in Star Wars you know I just thought that was cool and like and also the lighting's different did you realize that yeah from in the garden yeah mm-hmm. like it's more it's more um, it's brighter it's more, yeah it's brighter and in the in Mandalorian and the mercenaries fight, it's more of like a tan kind of dirty color. Mm-hmm. And that's just also just much more of a Western vibe, but yeah, I promise I'll shut up about it, but I just, I thought that was just really, really cool. And so I just had to say something. I think top three easily Mandalorian episodes. I agree with that. Yeah. I'll- I agree with that. I'll have to wait and see till we completely rewatch the series, but I I feel pretty confident saying top three. Yeah. Yeah. And then, 
like like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode this was just such a good episode for lore and storytelling and the action was great like team nell said we got great uh western and samurai references uh just like peak star wars yeah well and, and how do you feel as like an actual professional with real opinions uh like how do you feel about like the videography and stuff like in this episode like did you think it was because i thought it was awesome but i yeah. don't know about the technicalities of that kind of stuff no it was it was great like i said like like you mentioned the lighting they did just phenomenal shot wise they did really good uh my favorites are like i mentioned earlier the um where they hide the dismemberment just to make it a little more tasteful and uh i think they did really good on uh all the action sequences um yeah, I don't I don't have any complaints. There are a couple times in Star Wars where I'm like, ah, I don't know if I would have shot it that way, but uh that that happens pretty rarely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure too. I mean, like as someone who actually knows, like I bet you'd be hard-pressed to watch anything and not have some opinion about it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, <laughs> I get I, it. <laughs> it um it's kind of ruined watching TV for me sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's seriously how I feel about, like, action movies. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, like, sometimes we watch them and be like, dude, that does not work like that. Like, Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but I, I'm, I'm learning kind of the further I get from, from it the more I'm able to kind of turn my brain off. But, like, even just, like, scripts, a lot of scripts follow a basic uh, format. And so you can kind of just, like, just thinking about it in your brain, you're like, okay, then this is going to happen. And But, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm shutting my brain off. <laughs> Return <laughs> we to will my all heal with time. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you guys so much for watching or listening. I swear i'm gonna stop making that mistake at some point maybe some of you are watching you're in our walls right now um i hope so <laughs> i hope so <laughs> <laughs> we really do appreciate each and every one of you if you want to be a part of this conversation you can email us at animal squadron at gmail.com again that is animal squadron at gmail.com uh, if you're listening on spotify uh the question of the week will just be what you thought of the Mandalorian chapter 13. Also, if you go back to our chapter 12 episode, we've got a poll running on if Yoda's, or not Yoda, Grogu was a stinky little baby boy uh, that you can vote in. And if you're listening somewhere where you can leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. Helps the helps us out a ton. For the Animal Squadron, this has been Mother Goose. And Low Tech Tough. Goodbye, everybody. Adios.